Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So as I said at the beginning of Mass, today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Name of Mary. I've got a few friends who uh, are pregnant right now, some who just have babies, and it's just always a fun conversation about, uh, you know, what names are you thinking about? What name have you given your kid? And I, I, I don't often hear, well, I'll put it this way. I often hear parents thinking of names these days because it's kind of simply because it sounds good, right? I did a baptism, this is years ago, and I won't tell you where. Uh, I did a baptism years ago for this couple whose baby, um, first name Harper, middle name Collins, doesn't matter the last name, we'll say the last name is Smith, Harper Collins Smith. And I went up to mom and dad, I said, are you guys like into publishing or books? You really like books or something? They're like, no. I'm like, well, you know, like Harper Collins, like the publishing house? And they're like, oh. That's why it probably sounded good to us. I'm like, I'm so sorry. So they named their kid after a publishing company on accident. So you don't often hear, you know, parents talking about necessarily these days naming their child because of the meaning of the name, right? It's usually because of like it's someone in the family or, you know, it sounds good like a publishing company or, you know, it's, uh, at least in our Catholic context, to name a child after a saint. That's pretty good, too. But names, obviously, in the Bible were very, very significant. We heard those names of the apostles right there in the gospel, Jesus calling them, making them the twelve. And the meaning of names was highly significant. Like I said, today we have the Feast of the Holy Name of Mary. There's only one other feast day where we celebrate a name, and that's the holy name of Jesus on January 3rd. And in the past, I've often reflected on how names, what they do is they give us access to the person, right? By God giving us his name, he's made himself accessible to us, right? Moses before God in the burning bush, if they should ask me, the Jews, the Hebrews, if they should ask me who sent me, what, what name should I give them? And he says, Eye, Asher, Eye, I am who am which is kind of like a name, but not a name, right? It's only with the revelation of Jesus do we have the full revelation of, um, like, the name of God, Abba, right, Father. God gives us his name because he wants himself to be accessible to us. Let's get, I want to think a little bit more about this whole idea of names like, what is the reason why we give each other names in the first place? Like, what is the purpose of names? It's beyond just the simply practical, like we need to know what to, like how to address each other, that a name is trying to, no pun intended, name or identify the ineffable, utter uniqueness, the ineffable quality of each individual person. That none of us are just mere instances of the species, homo sapiens. We are unrepeatable, irreplaceable, indispensable, unique, and ineffable aspects or image bearers of God. And here's what, an interesting thing, right? Of course, that like while there are other Patrick Richard Schultzes walking around in this world, my name, just like your name, is trying to signal, trying to I, I, I like point to 
the absolute uniqueness of you, the absolute uniqueness of me. There's not another me, there's not another, another one of you. This is why, we can put it this way, this is why we feel sorrow when we lose someone who, who we've loved, when someone dies, because this person in their uniqueness is gone. They're not just an instance of the species that I just happened to be fond of. No, it was this person. This is from a book called Lament for a Son by Nicholas Walterstorff. Listen, listen to what he says about this. There's a hole in the world now, a center like no other of memory and hope and knowledge and affection which once inhabited this earth is gone. Only a gap remains. A perspective in this world, unique in this world, which once moved about in this world has been rubbed out. There's nobody who saw just what he saw, knows what he knew, remembers what he remembered, loves what he loved. Questions I have can never now get answers. The world is emptier. This is the uniqueness of our person and the uniqueness of our names. In the name of Mary, the name of Mary is, is no different. You know, just as Mary is the most depicted woman in human history, even though no, one's, no one knows what she looks like, Mary is also the most popular woman's name in all of human history, in variations on Mary's name, the most popular name for baby girls. Her name has a fascinating history, too, a very dense history of scholarship, people trying to understand the meaning of her name. I was looking online, there's a volume uh, which I did not read or I did not, I wasn't even tempted to buy by a German theologian. You know, a good German theologian, they can, they can crank it out, you know, several hundreds of pages. So this German theologian, he's doing this deep study into every philological attempt to grapple with and understand Mary's name. In Hebrew, oh, her name was Miriam. Miriam. Just let that settle in your ears for a second. I just was repeating that under my breath, praying about this yesterday. Miriam, Miriam. We say Mary, but her mom said Miriam. When she was learning to walk, when she was learning to pray, when she was learning to speak, it was Miriam. The name is Egyptian in origin. Think of Moses' sister, Miriam, right? What does the name mean? Again, scholars are divided, of course, because that's what scholars do. Look at that German volume. I like St. Jerome's interpretation and how he uh, translated her name. It's always good to go to St. Jerome, I think. Anyway, her name means, Miriam, drop of the sea. Drop of the sea. And when St. Jerome translated her name Miriam into Latin, we got Stila Maris drop of the sea. And it often happens in manuscript copying as they get copied and, you know, letters kind of evolve and change. I's become E's, E's become I's as time goes. Stila Maris, drop of the sea, eventually became Stella Maris, star of the sea. Star of the sea, which is, I think, as our friend Bob Ross would say, that's a very happy accident that I like. In God's providence, star of the sea reveals something just as much, I think, if not more than drop of the sea, revealing who Our Lady is. She is indeed a drop from the sea of God's infinite beauty. Picture right now standing in front of the ocean, standing on the shore, and you reach your hand into the water, and you lift your hand up from the water, and drops come from your fingertips, that she's just one of those drops, the most exquisite of the drops. 
She is the summation of all creaturely beauty. She is every flower, every sunrise, and every sunset. She is every face of a newborn baby. She is every love song. She is everything majestic and exquisite in creation. It's personified into her. And she is, if you can imagine, just a drop, a drop in the ocean of God's endless, infinite beauty. And she's indeed the star of the sea. She's the star of the sea. I'm going to end with these reflections from Pope Benedict from his encyclical, Space Salvi. This is what he wrote. With a hymn composed in the 8th or 9th century, thus for over a thousand years, the church has greeted Mary, the mother of God, as star of the sea. Ave Maristella. Human life is a journey. Towards what destination? How do we find the way? Life is like a voyage on the sea of history, often dark and stormy, a voyage in which we watch for the stars that indicate the route. The true stars of our life are the people who have lived good lives. They are lights of hope. Certainly, Jesus Christ is the true light, the sun that has risen above all the shadows of history. But to reach him, to reach him, we also need lights close by people who shine with his light and so guide us along our way. Who more than Mary could be a star of hope for us? With her yes, she opened the door of our world to God himself. She became the living ark of the covenant in whom God took flesh, became one of us, and pitched his tent among us. Amen.